Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Episode 247, excuse me, 347. Let's give us the, the credit where the credit's due. Episode 347, joined today by my man, Dweez Nuts. You can find him on Twitter. Dweez Nuts, that's all Zs, no Ss. Y'all know what to do. Dweez, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? Uh, some pretty intense football games going on. There was there was some very good football. Playoff football is amazing. I, I tell everybody I know, why, I don't care if you like sports, watch every playoffs you can find. The intensity, the emotional um, highs that all these guys are going through and lows right after that they're going through. It's just so much fun to watch. It's fun to kind of live through them, especially when you're hung over on the couch for a couple of days like I was. <laughs> you live in the upper Midwest. Are you a, a hockey guy? Um, I, You know, I like to watch the game. I don't really have – for a while I followed the Blackhawks when they were hot, but uh, I don't really have a team I follow. My brother-in-law is a huge hockey fan, though, so whenever we get together, that's all we do is just sit, drink beers, and watch hockey. So, Fair enough. I was just thinking to myself, I grew up in the West Coast. I grew up in Central California. Uh, I live now in, in Oregon in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, there's no ice anywhere close to where <laughs> we're at. Uh, the Sharks created like a fake ice dome. Uh, right. for them and they were pretty relevant and good uh, you know through my high school days I bring it up because you you mentioned like even if you're not a football fan you can appreciate NFL playoff football the drama the storylines the ups and downs as you mentioned we certainly had a number of those this weekend I would kind of equate to that as I'm not a hockey hater by any means but again growing up on the west coast like we had roller hockey that was it but nothing ice nothing serious um as a fan growing up. And so, but I love to tune in to playoff hockey. I don't know all the rules. I don't know the teams. I certainly don't know the fucking players, but I love watching playoff hockey. The best thing about playoff hockey is that at the end of every series, you find out how many dudes were playing with broken wrists, right? And like <laughs> dislocated shoulders throughout the whole, they don't, they don't, none of that comes out until the series is over and they've lost. And then you hear about it. Those guys are, those guys are something else, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, the gunners and the goons and all that shit. And um, so, you know, again, shouts out to our hockey fans out there. Uh, again, I don't dislike hockey at all. Um, I love hockey. I actually played roller hockey growing up. Uh, but, you know, our games were probably 65 degrees <laughs> outside <laughs> on some tennis court somewhere. You know, um, it was nothing close to, to hockey hockey, but uh, just the equivalence of the generic fan who's maybe not a football fan, but can appreciate NFL yeah playoffs and and likewise uh non-hockey fans certainly appreciating uh playoff hockey all right Dweez, well we're going to get into a recap of the divisional round we had four games go down we're going to break each of those down and then in the second half of the episode we're going to preview the conference championships we have the afc championship the nfc championship and of course the two winners of those games will meet in Super Bowl 55. It's a big one. We have some huge matchups. We obviously had some huge matchups this last weekend. Let's get right into it. We started Saturday with the Rams and the Packers. This game in Lambeau. Packers get the win. I don't think it was terribly uh, surprising that 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 the uh, Packers got the win. I think what might have been surprising is how well Aaron Rodgers was just kind of able to do his thing. Uh, great defense, obviously, incredible defensive line, the best secondary in the NFL with the Rams. But Aaron Donald, clearly not 100% in this game, unfortunately, uh, because you want the best players playing. And he missed, I mean, I, I don't have the, the snap count on me, but uh, he missed way more time than they expected him to do. And therefore, they were able to run the ball with Aaron Jones. He had a nice 60-plus yarder to kind of ice it late. And, of course, that Deion, um, Devontae Adams, uh, quick hitch there on Ramsey 
to get it going. But Aaron Rodgers, nearly 300 yards, 296 and two, of course, a deep bomb to Lazard as well there. Jared Goff, just 174 and a touchdown, four sacks for the Packers on Jared Goff, none for the Rams on Aaron Rodgers, obviously a difference maker. Uh, running the ball, Cam Akers is the truth. This kid's legit. I'm very excited for him in 2021. 18 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. On the other side, Aaron Jones, 14 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown again. Most of that coming on 60 yards. So without that run, he's 13 for 39. But as Lucas says multiple times, doesn't matter if it was one player garbage time. It all counts. So give him nearly 100 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams also 12 carries 65 yards and we saw six for 27 from AJ Dillon receiving wise Josh Reynolds actually led the Rams in receiving yards with 65 uh, Van Jefferson I know that uh, pretty stoked on him um, young talent there he got the touchdown for the Rams there uh, Robert Woods eight for 48 and Cooper Cup of course out for this game and then you had on the other side Alan Lazard four for 96 um, 58 yard deep bomb touchdown, of course, and Devonte Adams nine for 66 and a touchdown on 10 targets. So they all get it done there. The Ram, uh, Rams fall short to the Packers 32, 18 in Lambeau and the Packers move on to the NFC championship. Dewey's what are a couple takeaways here other than again, I mean, <laughs> the Packers just seem like a, uh, motivated, well-oiled machine looking for serious revenge after getting their shit kicked in last year by the Niners. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing as well as he's ever played, right? We It's it's easy to watch this game and think, you know what, this was just a team that was outmatched going into it. It's easy for us to think Green Bay was the number one seed. They should have won the game. Um, but you said it, I mean, the Los Angeles Rams in a lot of phases of the game was the best defense in the NFL and Aaron Rodgers made him look stupid. He did it with that dumbass grin on his face that he's always got. Um, just drove me crazy. Now, I will say that, you know, we also knew that Green Bay's defense wasn't a terribly good defense. And as little production as um, L.A. had yards-wise, they were able to score. Um, they were able to kind of keep at least it felt like they were in this game for longer than it should have felt like they were in this game. You know, even in the third quarter with that touchdown, um, they put it within striking distance, but it, 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 it was not close. It was never close. I mean, 484 to 244 total yards. The Packers are 67% on third down. The Rams are 25%, 28 first downs to 17. Time of possession went 36 minutes to 24. It was ugly in every phase. If you watched it, it felt closer than it was anywhere on paper. And the really big thing, the really big su the surprising stat, you already mentioned it, um, you know, Green Bay's front is not the most intimidating in the league, but they get four sacks on seven hits on Jared Goff. Hmm. flip side um and i know aaron donald missed a bunch of that game but but that defensive front is if not the best in the league all year among them zero sacks only one hit on aaron Rodgers the whole game i wouldn't say they hurried him more than once or twice beyond that that was the big surprise to me i mean uh that offensive line for green bay is is they're playing as good a football as they've played all year aaron Rodgers is playing as well as he's played in a long time, uh, it's going to be a really tough team to do anything against. I now, now I know we're going to get to the previews later, but let's not forget. Like all hope is not lost. Tampa Bay beat the shit out of Green Bay early on in this season, but we'll get we'll get to how they might be able to repeat that and what might stop them later. But Green Bay looked just so dominant here. Absolutely, and and um, you know you you see certain star athletes right like anybody playing professional anything is much better at their job than us peasants at our job most likely now that being the case there are tiers obviously of these professional athletes so when people say somebody like Josh Rosen who hasn't had an equal chance in the op in the uh, NFL is a bad football player he's still better than 99% of the people who have ever played football ever so there's obviously you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt, but you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, yada, yada. They just, you're right. He has that smirk. He has that look in his eye where he's kind of like, I'm feeling it. You know, I'm feeling it. <laughs> and and I know you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, he had, yeah, he has that kind of that Michael Jordan, you know, if, if you've watched the last dance 
uh, documentary on Michael Jordan, which I highly recommend any anybody watches, basketball fan or not. Incredible documentary. Check that out on Netflix. But um, just phenomenal because they have that t- that tick, you know. And you've seen it with Brady over the years. You're starting to see it with Mahomes. Josh Allen will get it, I'm sure, soon. And and Rogers obviously has that kind of look in his eye, like I've got you. You know, we've got you by the throat, and now it's time to kind of, you know, go in for the kill. And, man, the Rams just didn't really have a chance. And, look, a 100% healthy Aaron Donald, maybe it's a lot closer. I still don't think they win the game, though, because Goff wasn't 100%. They don't have Cup. And uh, Green Bay's defense has really picked it up. Uh, Lucas and I talked about this a few weeks ago, or perhaps it was Bobby and I, the comparison between the Green Bay defense at this point of the season versus where they started and Kansas City's defense last year where they started and where they ended up. Both of them were the laughing stock of the league for the first half of the season. They both figured it out. They both got healthy. They both made some adjustments in the second half and the playoffs. Now Green Bay is absolutely phenomenal on defense, and uh, Kansas City obviously was last year uh, running through the Super Bowl. So Packers are going to be tough. We'll go up against the Bucks here in the NFC Championship, and we'll get to that game in just a second. But before we do that, let's get into the afternoon game. On Saturday, the Ravens and the Bills. Uh, this game was a great NFL game. Um, it's not exciting for the general fan that just wants to see points up and down the field. But as somebody that played football for 12 years on both sides of the ball, I kind of I like kind of a ground and pound every once in a while. 17-3, the Bills get it done. Unfortunately, Lamar Jackson leaves this game, so who knows what would have happened uh, eventually. Um, but the Bills do get the win. Lamar Jackson, 162 no interceptions and a touchdown, uh, an interception, three sacks, Josh Allen, two Oh six and a touchdown. So not much from him either. It really was just the ground game in the defense. Uh, Tyler Hunley came in, uh, from Utah came in for Lamar Jackson, six for 13, 60 yards. He basically wasn't able to bring him back, but he did enough because today, uh, they released Robert Griffin, the third. So it looks like Tyler Huntley did enough to be that backup there and um, get an opportunity behind Lamar Jackson running the ball. It was Gus Edwards with 10 carries, 42 yards. It was JK Dobbins with 10 carries and 42 yards as well. Lamar Jackson, nine for 34 Huntley had 32 as well. No touchdowns there for the Ravens, obviously with just a field goal, Devin Singletary seven for 25 on the ground and then receiving Marquise Brown four for 85. And then J.K. Dobbins, three for 51. Mark Andrews, four for 28. And Stephon Diggs remains incredibly hot himself. Eight for 106 and a touchdown. John Brown, eight for 62. And Dawson Knox, two for 18. Just some uh, fantasy numbers there if you played them. Again, man, not a fancy game per se. Uh, The Ravens only get a field goal in the second quarter. That was it for them. Uh, The Bills put up two touchdowns in the third quarter. That was enough there. It was sick, you know, three to three at halftime, and um, the Ravens just couldn't get it, couldn't get it all together. They had a couple turnovers, and Lamar Jackson leaves the game, of course. Um, but the Bills get the win, man, and uh, keep advancing for the every time you hear something. It's the first time in 25 years, the first time in 30 years uh, that the Bills are making this run here. But obviously, they go up against the Almighty Chiefs next week. Yeah, but you know, to me, this game, I, I was, I was so high on Josh Allen. You know, you and I talked about this, whether it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. He was one of these guys that I thought this offense can score at will, um, and this game kind of proved me wrong. We knew Baltimore's defense was really solid. Their, their defensive secondary is is right up there with anybody else's um, at this point in the year. Solid defense. My expectation was that Buffalo would find a way to score on them a few times and put up the yards when they needed the yards anyway. And to be honest, most of that game, it didn't happen. It was a pretty ugly game by Josh Allen, um, in part because Baltimore played them really well. But in part, I just I just didn't feel like he was clicking the way he's been clicking all year. You know, they're saved by that incredible 101-yard interception return, saved by a couple of doinks by the GOAT, uh, Justin Tucker, on the other side of the field. Uh, and then that just maybe the worst shotgun snap I've seen in three or four years um, that ended in the uh, Lamar Jackson leaving leaving the game, that injury there. Those sort of three plays were the difference in the game for me. Baltimore kind of kind – of, dominated this game for most of it outside of that scoreboard though, right? 35 minutes to 24 time of possession. Baltimore managed to stay on the field, whereas Buffalo couldn't get enough first downs to keep it going. 340 yards for Baltimore total offense to only 220 for Buffalo. Uh, It was, 
it was a tough game to watch as somebody who was a big fan and still is a big fan of the Buffalo offense, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, what, what they're doing. Um, but, uh, not not their best game. I think they can rebound. They're going to have to rebound against Kansas City a little bit. I don't think their defense is going to do what their defense did this week. You know, they don't they're not well known for their pass rush, but eight hits on Lamar Jackson, um, including the one that knocked him out of the game. Like they kind of stepped up to save Buffalo's day. I, I don't see that happening, but I'd like to think that Buffalo is going to bounce back against Kansas City in, in what might be a great game later. But, yeah, really disappointing from them really well performed by Baltimore's defense to, to shut down that offense. Just couldn't get it in the end zone. Just couldn't score, which was, which was a bit three sacks on Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's, he's a tough guy to get down, but uh, tough day, tough day for tough day for both teams, but somebody had to win. That's kind of how I looked at this one. It was also pretty rough too, because you have uh, arguably the great, the greatest kicker of all time, certainly percentage wise in Justin Tucker, who missed two field goals to open up the game. Um, you never see that happen, uh, and it happened. That's right? a yeah. It is. It's huge. And so, again, and, and look, in a game like that that was so tightly contested defensively, getting three points and then kicking off and having the momentum, you're right, changing field position and doing that twice, having a little bit of momentum on your side could have flustered a young quarterback like Josh Allen as well. We saw that last year with the Houston game, of course, with the big lead and blowing it there. So look, kudos to the bills. I think, you know, again, unless you're an AFC, you know, East fan or you're a Patriots fan or something um, and you are just anti bills because you're supposed to be, I think everybody else is rooting for them just oh, yeah. because why not? I mean, again, it's been 30 years since they've been relevant in the NFL. Um, but just I'll tell you what, guys, the the great teams in history um, find a way to win, even when it's ugly. Mm -hmm. That's kind of that's to me kind of what we saw here. You know, this could be an absolutely great team and you have to get the ugly wins as well as the pretty ones. And, and that was one of them. Did you know that there were six fumbles in this game and none of them were recovered by the opposing team? I, I didn't know it was I didn't know that there was that many, but I did know yeah. that there were so many opportunities like that's insane. No, there's so many missed opportunities, failed capitalized opportunities, like the kicks, like the fumbles, um, just so many, so many failed drives from both sides of this team. They just couldn't score. It was, it was a, it's a weird game to watch, but the ugly one, you got to win the ugly ones too, if you want to be great. Yep. And the defense did very well for uh, Baltimore, but they couldn't get it in the end zone, uh, obviously. And the bills get a big win, move on to the AFC championship game, 17 to three over the Ravens and play the defending Super Bowl champions with or without Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs do get the win over the Browns 22-17, but if you watched this game, the first half, the Browns had a chance to have the lead. The second half, the Browns should have won the game. At this point, you know, uh, catching this episode a couple days after the game, I'm sure you've either, you either watched the game, saw highlights, you've caught something on SportsCenter, whatever. It's old news of the result. But if you didn't actually watch this game, you don't necessarily know the emotion and what should have happened in this game. I mean, basically, to break it down quickly, the Chiefs go up and they, they have the they have uh, the lead at halftime. They're up 19 to three at half. But the Browns had uh, essentially a touchdown that was overturned as Richard Higgins went into the uh, end zone. He was hit on the side and uh, the ball popped out of his um, of his grasp crossing the goal line it actually turned out to be a touchback for the Chiefs so you take that off the board and you give the ball back to the Chiefs so you negate that so that's at least a, a touchdown swing there for sure and then in the second half Patrick Mahomes goes down right if you haven't seen that yet he went out with concussion symptoms he was out the remainder of the game Chad Henney comes in 13-year veteran he comes in six for eight 66 yards throws a pick that Andy Reid immediately took credit for at the end of the game. He was like, I told him to chuck it deep and look for a touchdown. It was a horrible pass, a bad play call, and he got a pick. But nonetheless, Chad Henney becomes the hero with a 13-yard scamper at the end for the first down to wrap up the game. But the Browns really did have a chance to win this one in the end. Baker Mayfield, 204 and a touchdown. Costly pick, though, late. Nick Chubb, 13 carries, 69 yards, no touchdown. But he did pretty well in the pass game as well. Kareem Hunt did have the rushing score, 32 yards on his own. Rashard Higgins, as I mentioned, five for 88, should have had a touchdown, did not. It got overturned. David Njoku, who is somebody 
that has not been relevant until the last two weeks. I'm very excited to see if he gets released next year, get him in a better position. He's a great young talent. I want to see him succeed like our boy, Chris Herndon, set these guys free or give him a good opportunity. I think he's a great um, prospect for 2021, four for 59 on five targets. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, 23 yard catch Jarvis Landry, seven for 20 did have a touchdown. Austin Hooper um, remains to, you know, he had a, actually an incredible first down catch at the end of the game to keep the drive going. But unfortunately it wasn't enough on the other side. Again, Patrick Mahomes two for 55 and a touchdown before he went out. Um, if he remained in this game, it wouldn't have been close. We all know that, but the fact is that he did leave. The Browns had a chance. Couldn't capitalize. I mentioned Henny already. Um, Williams was 13 for uh, 78 on the ground. Um, Patrick Mahomes rushed for a score in this one as well. And then Tyreek Hill, eight for 110. Travis Kelsey, eight for 109 and a touchdown. Ho-hum for those guys. Great game for the Chiefs. They get it done. And really, I was mentioning before we went on the air here, if you're watching the broadcast, Jim Nance and Tony Romo were just kept saying, look, the Chiefs just have to run out the clock. They got to get a couple first downs. If they wait too long, the Browns eventually will take them over. The Browns defense played great once Mahomes was out. Uh, they had a couple stops. They had that interception, but they just couldn't push the ball downfield. And, Dweez, I was mentioning to mentioning this to you as we came on for the, the recording. Um, it was so frustrating to watch the Browns and, like, feel the momentum. You could feel it through the television, like what was supposed to happen. And they had 11 minutes to go score one touchdown, like – there was no chance the Chiefs were going to get any more points. Like this game's in the bag for the Browns. Just kind of moving down and, and kick a couple of field goals or something. They refused to push the ball downfield. And then they got stuffed up front because they knew they were going to try to run the ball, then go play action. It just became so monotonous that the Chiefs eventually caught on and, of course, got the win. Um, very frustrating game to watch just <laughs> as like you knew what was going to happen, but it didn't. But nonetheless, the Chiefs get it done. You just mentioned it with the Bills. You got to win the ugly ones. The Chiefs are defending champions. It's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's a great defense at this point. It's other good playmakers. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill still came up huge with Chad Henney. Chiefs get it done, 22-17. And for the third year in a row, they host the AFC Championship game and uh, could be heading back to uh, another Super Bowl opportunity. This was uh this is the epitome to me of what we talked about earlier, like the emotional roller coaster that is playoff sports of any kind, playoff football. Um, it, 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 it even came into play with the play calling. There were five fourth downs between these two teams that that were gone for, and they got all five of them on both sides of the ball, three for Cleveland, two for Kansas City. That's the exciting, like emotionally charged kind of football you need to see. And and you said it like the entirety of the second half, the all of the fourth quarter, you're just waiting for this big thing to happen on the edge of your seat. Like you've got this ball of energy watch. I'm not even a, a Browns fan. I like to watch them lose, but you have this ball of energy in your gut just waiting for it to explode when they finally score. And it just never happened. Um, Chad Henney, you know, you, you say he wanted on that 13 yard scamper for a first down, but he needed he needed 13. He went 12 yards and two feet and dove to the ground just short. I'm running through my house yelling at my wife that he was short. He's <laughs> short. He's short. The Browns are going to get the damn ball back. Then, of course, on fourth down, much to Tony Romo's surprise, just yep. a quick sprint out to Tyreek Hill to win that game. But, uh, God, it was it was what you is what you want in a playoff football game. Obviously, you know, losing your – starting quarterback, you know, Patrick Mahomes of all guys. That's not what you want to see, but it was very exciting to watch. Not really having a stake in this game was kind of beneficial, I think. It could have been a heart attack game either way otherwise. But, you know, it, it, we say over and over, like the Browns should have won it at the end. The Browns should have scored with that last 11 minutes. But the Browns lost this game in a lot of phases over the course of the whole game, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Their third down conversions were not nearly as good as the Chiefs, right? They, they don't have as much yards passing or rushing total yards as the Chiefs. They turned it over more times than the Chiefs, not as many yards per play. And Cleveland is a big play offense, just like Kansas City is a big play offense. To me, the reason Cleveland lost this game is not necessarily just because they failed to score in the 11th, but, you know, the armchair coach here, uh, Mr. Dewey's Nuts, 
will tell you that if you want to beat Kansas City, what you have to do is run the ball a lot and eat a lot of clock. And the Cleveland Browns are one of the better running teams in the league, having two of two studs, you know, that they can swap in and out. Um, ended up with only 22 carries on the ground, though. They only ran it 42% of the time, which is less than they do normally. And the first half of this game, I think they came out of the half with uh, 10 total carries between their two running backs. The way you beat Kansas City if you're Cleveland is to run it a lot early. Run the ball like crazy early, and then, you know, Baker can do his down-the-field play action passes, whatever. That didn't happen. The game plan was off. It looked a little bit like the Browns when they played the Jets and didn't run the ball at all. I don't I don't know where that came from, but it was an exciting game. Um, they, the Browns just did not do what they needed to do all game long, uh, especially in that last 11 minutes. And um, Chad Henney is very thankful for it, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, again, a 13-year quarterback. He's been a backup pretty much his entire career. Uh, drafted by the Dolphins, I believe. Uh, had a good opportunity to start there, but wasn't much. And he's been lingering around. But look the reality is you have a backup quarterback for a reason, came up with a huge play, got it done when you needed to. And uh, the chiefs move on again. So impressive performance by the chiefs and shouts out to the coaching and everybody for bonding together when their top dog went down um, and they moved on. We'll get into Patrick Mahomes and uh, in the preview section here in the second half of the episode and, and his uh, status, I guess uh, heading into the AFC championship game, but uh, it's going to be very, very interesting between the bills and the uh, chiefs. Cause I'll tell you right now, the chiefs are the chiefs um, until they're not, but the, uh, the bills are certainly legitimately willing to uh, take that throne if they give them an inch. So we'll see what happens there. One more game to cover. Oh, may have seen real quick. Um, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but Chad Henney has a LinkedIn page that he has prepared for whenever he needs to look for a job that got passed around the internet today. People are pretty excited because, you know, he sort of is the hero for the chiefs right now, but he's fully prepared to be fired at any moment, which, you know, as a third string quarterback bouncing from team to team, that's, you know, LinkedIn might be a good spot for him after this season's done. So has Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. And he keeps developing and he keeps sticking around, you know, Josh McCown has been playing for years. So look, you know, if, if there's a, if there's a good clubhouse guy and you have a young quarterback and they're okay, taking more money, uh, you know, than they know, they know what to do with to sit on the bench and help coach a, a young room. I mean, you need those kind of guys in the NFL and, and Chad Henney obviously uh, got his first opportunity in about a decade and uh, came through in the clutch. So yeah. shouts out to him. Speaking of uh, some of the OGs, man, last game of the slate here on Sunday evening, we had the Buccaneers and the Saints. The Bucs get the win. They move on to the NFC Championship against the Packers in Green Bay, 30-20 to 20 over the Saints. Uh, Tom Brady, 199 and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, 17 carries, 63 yards. Ronald Jones, 13 for 62. Tom Brady also rushed for a uh, quick sneak touchdown like he likes to do. Cameron Brate actually led the team in receiving yards four for 50 uh, Leonard Fournette five for 44 and a receiving touchdown. Chris Godwin four for 34 Scotty Miller had a nice 20, 29 yard catch late Gronk had a 14 yard catch um, had an opportunity to get a touchdown too, just out of his grasp there. Antonio Brown, just one catch seemed to get hurt early in that game. Mike Evans had a three yard score as well um, on just one catch for him on the other side, of course, uh, the legend Drew Brees comes up short. Uh, I've, I've been a huge Drew Brees fan forever. Um, it's just hard to root against the guy. Um, I just think he's a class act, one of the best dudes in the NFL for a very, very long time. Obviously one of the best players statistically, quite literally in many categories. 134 and a touchdown, three costly picks. I would argue that one of those was straight up his bad the other two were definitely not his fault, in my opinion. Doesn't matter. They were turnovers. And the big crucial point in this game is Tampa Bay scored a touchdown on every single turnover that they got from the Saints. That was the difference in the game, usually is in the NFL. Breeze comes up short. Jameis Winston makes an appearance on a fun trick play that they learned from Truth Bisky and your Bears. Uh, one pass for 56-yard touchdown to Traquan Smith. It was a very pretty play. Well done. Jameis looking to either start for the Saints or find a job elsewhere if they go with Taysom Hill. Alvin Kamara, 18 carries, 85 yards. And um, 
Traquan Smith, three for 85 and a touch, uh, two touchdowns, excuse me. A lot of that came on that 56-yard grab from uh, Jameis Winston. Emmanuel Sanders stays hot, six for 48. Um, will not be returning to the Super Bowl, unfortunately, for Emmanuel Sanders. Jared Cook, five for 28, very costly fumble, which then, again, turned into points for the Buccaneers. And Alvin Kamara, six targets, but just three catches on 20 yards. So uh, the big headlines, obviously, Brady versus Breeze. The Saints controlled, I thought, I mean, not score-wise necessarily. It was 13-13 and half, but it felt like the Saints at home with Breeze, with the momentum, with everything else, they had the momentum until basically the fourth quarter. And it was tied up until the fourth quarter, 20 to 20, but the Bucks shut out the Saints and the uh, Buccaneers scored 10 points. That was a difference, 30 to 20. And Brady and the boys get it done, moving on to another uh conference championship for Brady saw a stat today Tom Brady has played in the conference championship 66 percent of his career absolutely phenomenal absolutely phenomenal he's 43 years old he has started 43 playoff games that's insane there's very few players who have even played and been rostered in anything close to 43 playoff games and he has started 43 of those just phenomenal career from him and of course my man Drew Brees rides off into the sunset. I don't believe he's officially retired. If I missed that for some reason, um, then I, I, I take my words back, but uh, it is looking like that would be the case. If he comes back, of course, uh, he should rejoin the Saints, but um, most likely uh, last game for Drew Brees, at least in the Superdome in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, Jay Glazer reported right before the game started. He he sort of said, yes, Breeze has confided in him that he was going to step away after this year. He hasn't. Breeze himself, his agent, they haven't said these things. But Glazer said it with a tear in his eye in the pregame. But, uh, yeah, look, this game was – I know the marquee was Drew Breeze versus Tom Brady, you know, a 42 versus a 43-year-old quarterback. But, honestly, to me, I was much more excited to see what these defenses could do. I think they're two of the most exciting defenses in the league right now. Um, They've got some huge playmakers uh, on both teams on defense. And uh, unfortunately one team's playmakers on the defense made plays. The other team did not. I mean, there were some opportunities for turnovers uh, for the saints defenders, a couple of dropped interceptions for saints defenders in this game too. They just couldn't make the plays. Neither quarterback took over. Um, neither quarterback sort of won this game for the team and controlled it. I didn't expect that from either of them. They are aging. And again, these defenses are really solid. Um, you know, you're, you're not wrong that even though the Saints turned it over a couple of times, it felt like they were in the driver's seat until that fourth quarter. Sean Payton probably underutilized Alvin Kamara to help put that game away and keep some momentum on his side. I think t- missing Taysom Hill was a, a big deal. Uh, for Peyton and for the the Saints. He's a big spark plug for this team. Now that they are comfortable with him throwing the ball, I think I think he could have been a real boon for them. That trick play for Jameis was, uh, was a great play, but there was only one, and that's a, a poor substitute for what Taysom Hill would have done, I think, if he was in the game. But uh, fun game to watch defensively on both sides. Hard to watch as a Breeze fan. I do think this, though. I think the saddest thing, about the the 2020 COVID-19 NFL season. The saddest thing for me is that we didn't get to see Drew Brees get a chance to step back out on the field and address a stadium full Mm. of fans at the Superdome in his last game ever. I think that that to me was heartbreaking that he had to walk off and, you know, there's just no, he couldn't go out there and salute the people that helped make his career. That, that hurt my heart. I, I think that's a great call, man. And, um, you know, again, we have uh, once he makes the retirement, we'll we'll for sure pay some homage here on the podcast. Because, like I said, I, you and I are some of the uh, elder statesmen in the uh, independent fantasy community. You know, in our mid thirties, and we've been, I, you know, I, Drew Brees has been uh, in the NFL longer than Lucas has been alive. I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> and frankly, That's very true. effective. Holy shit. That, that is true. That is true. Um, yeah. And I think, again, I don't want to go tangent too much on this, but what, what is so incredible about Drew Brees is um, just prolific, obviously, statistically. But if you remember the olden golden days when he played for the Chargers, this is pre-Philip Rivers, of course. Philip Rivers took over for him when he went to New Orleans, yada, yada. He had a terrible 
injury to his elbow and shoulder. And basically everybody told him he was, frankly, he was not going to play NFL. And if he did play football anymore, he was going to be like, okay. And probably out of league in a couple of years because he wasn't going to be very effective. He was a short quarterback. Obviously he was wrong for that his entire uh, career and just uh, multiple weapons all the time. Absolutely got it done and just deserved, I think better defenses for 90% of his career. Um, and just a little bit uh, too little too late, unfortunately, for Breeze. And one thing we didn't even mention, which may be the biggest storyline of this entire game, uh, Michael Thomas did not catch a pass, did not catch one pass in this game. I totally agree that Taysom Hill being absent was huge. Latavius Murray, who is kind of an unsung hero in this offense, also not active in this game. That was a huge miss because uh, it was all came down on Alvin Kamara, who, look, he's all world. But if there's nobody else to take the steam off, you know that it's going to Alvin Kamara, right? So the play calling just wasn't there. Sean Payton, one of the best really to ever do it. Um, but as you mentioned, one trick play, it just didn't have that momentum shift with Taysom Hill. And um, unfortunately, game ended like this. So no hate to Tom Brady, no hate to the Bucks. Congratulations. Fired up to watch that game, but uh, just kind of a bummer to see Drew Brees go out the way that he did. All right, Dweez, before we get into the previews, I do want to take a quick commercial break and give shouts out to our new partnership in the Jersey jungle. Now you're a bears fan, my man. I believe you have a very prestigious bears Jersey. Who is that? That'd be sweetness himself. Walter Payton's my damn boy. Wear that thing every Sunday. That is a fantastic one to have. If you want a Walter Payton jersey, or you're a 49er fan like myself, or you're a Giants fan like Bobby, or a Broncos fan like Lucas, or you have a different team entirely, go check out our mans at the Jersey Jungle. Super clean, crisp jerseys, exactly like the games, game-worn jerseys that we see on Sundays in the NFL. Are you looking for maybe your favorite player, your favorite team, you're trying to collect on a certain team? Maybe you're looking for a player that helped you get your fantasy championship. I know that I, I won three championships. I'm going to get a jersey of the guy that was the highest scorer and was like the best one for me all season. I'm going to get his jersey on each one of those three teams, give a little shouts back to them and, and start it into my collection. Make sure to hit up Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. I just received my Justin Herbert baby blue LA Chargers jersey. Better than advertised. I'm super fired up on it. I kind of kept it on the hush because I was waiting for it to come through. I wanted to make sure it was clean and crisp and correct. It certainly is. So I got the baby blue home jersey from my man, Justin Herbert, possibly the rookie of the year. Definitely one of my favorite players in the NFL. You all know that I'm a huge fan. I watched him at Sheldon High School here in Eugene, Oregon. I watched him at the University of Oregon down the street through his entire career. Very pumped up for Justin Herbert and I picked him up right behind Dak Prescott in all the leagues. I dropped Dak and Herbert led me to three different championships. Super pumped on that. So they don't just have football jerseys. They have uh, NBA jerseys, soccer jerseys from around the world. They have baseball. They even have hockey. Dwayne and I were talking about hockey earlier. They have custom jerseys. All of this available at the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Look, 10% off of three jerseys. If you buy a packet of jerseys, you get 10% off. But if you mention TCK, you'll get 15% off and you also get 10% off one or two of those jerseys. I'll tell you right now, the NFL jerseys are $60, $60. I looked on, I looked on NFL.com right before I made this partnership because I was ready to go and buy some jerseys with the twill. They got the, the patch on. This is not like the iron press. This is the real deal. Game worn Jersey. They're $120 on NFL.com. These are 60 bucks, literally half the price, same exact Jersey. Go check them out. Mention TCK, get 10% off of that and 15% off of three plus jerseys. If you'd like, tell them I sent you go to at the Jersey jungle on Instagram, go through the inventory on the timeline, tell them what you want. Mention the code TCK and they'll hook you up with 15% off of your three plus jerseys. Super pumped for this. I'm going to be adding to my collection. I know Dewey's will be as well, and we'll be possibly doing some giveaways. We'll see what happens Ooh. there. Let's go. Right, I'll man. tell you, let me, let me give everybody a piece of advice here with these Jersey Jungle Boys. You want a three-pack of jerseys? Go get the fucking the Chase Young, the Terry McLaurin, and the Antonio Gibson Washington football team jerseys as an investment in your children's future. 
Those mm. things will be worth some money someday. At 60 bucks a pop, 15% off of that? Jesus, hell yes. I'm telling you, it's about $150. Come and on. you're you're looking at three jerseys, and again, these same jerseys are 120 if you get the full twill. So again, they're they're stitched on, they're not the iron press, they're full stitch, which is the ones I like. They also do retros, they do the throwback jerseys, they do different color schemes, color rush if you like that, home and away, whatever it is. And of course, again, NBA soccer. If you're a soccer fan around the world, they also have um baseball and uh, hockey as well if you'd like to get into that so go check out the jersey jungle on instagram mention tck and get it in all right man let's move into the next two games here we have the afc and the nfc conference championship previews now you know how we do this Dweez and i are going to break it down kind of generically and we're going to just load it up for our boy bobby lamarco who is going to give you all the statistical breakdowns coming up later on the podcast but for this, we are just going to kind of generically oversee the game. Let us know how we feel quickly about it. Let's get right into it, man. Sunday in the early game, it is the NFC up first. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. It's the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. This game is in Lambeau Field. So far, the line has Green Bay favored by a field goal and a half at home. The over-under 50 and a half, about a field goal less than the AFC game. Packers have been absolutely on fire, as we have mentioned basically making it not close for the last couple of weeks. The Buccaneers, as you mentioned with the Bills and the Chiefs, they've been winning the ugly ones. And that's dangerous when you get into the playoffs here. So again, Brady, same old, same old. He's now his first NFC championship game, but he's been in the AFC championship game 66% of his two decade plus long career. Aaron Rodgers trying to get revenge from last year. Ooh, a lot to uncover in this one, man. How do you feel about the Bucs and the Packers? So we, you know, they, these two teams did meet up in October. Tampa Bay won 38 to 10. Um, it's certainly not going to be that kind of walk in the park. I'll tell you real quick what I think Tampa Bay needs to do if they're w going to win this game, how they need to match up. And, and what it comes down to is that, you know, they're going to need to be able to get that run game going. Hopefully Rojo's quad is healthy. I know he was hobbling all over the field uh, on Sunday. You know, Fournette looked pretty good on Sunday. They need to get the two of them going. Last time they played, Ronald Jones, 113 yards and two touchdowns. That certainly helped. Um, it opens up the play-action pass to get some of these weapons for Tom Brady open. You know, the uh, Packers secondary is not terrible, but Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander is, um, by the numbers, the best coverage corner in the league this year. I think he's going to do a really nice job shutting down Mike Evans which means the other pieces have to get open and, and we know they can get open. Um, you know, the other thing that happened the last time these two teams played is that Tampa Bay was able to get after Aaron Rodgers. They, I think they blitzed them on half more than half of the plays, uh, more than half of Rodgers dropbacks sacked him four times uh, by far the most pressure he's seen in any game. In fact, Aaron Rodgers is uh, among the top, half of the quarterbacks as far as being blitzed uh, but he's only been pressured 14 percent of his dropbacks even regardless of that that's 34th most in the league that's more than there are teams i don't think tampa bay is going to be able to rely on the blitz to get pressure in this game they're not going to be able to rely on pressure at all so it's going to come down to on offense they're going to have to run the ball and on defense their back end defensive backs who again great players. I love their defensive backfield. They're going to have to be on point. Okay. Carlton Davis. I think he'll be okay against Devontae Adams. You can't stop him, but you can slow him down. Uh, Jamel Dean on the other side, six foot one runs a four, three probably the fastest cornerback in the entire league. He can run with MVS on those deep balls. Uh, and you know how much they love to throw the ball deep to MVS. It's going to come down to discipline for him he's a really aggressive cornerback so we'll see if he can stay disciplined uh, and then sean murphy bunting is the the worst corner on this team in the slot so i think his matchup against lazard is going to be really telling as to how this game's going to go but don't rely on pressure you have to rely on coverage i don't think tampa bay is going to blitz nearly as much um, because they're not going to get that pressure and then for the packers it just comes down to how well is rogers going to play if he plays as well as he's been playing uh there's not much you can do except that hope Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans can score as many points as Aaron Rodgers. 
you know, Tampa Bay's game plan on defense has to be stop the big plays. You know, Rodgers and Aaron Jones had a couple in the last game they played. And Los Angeles, by the way, had given up the least big plays in the league going into that game. Um, maybe this game simply comes down to those big plays because as many big plays as we see Green Bay had this year, Tampa Bay has the most quote unquote explosive plays in the league. So it might just come down to big plays, but uh, a lot of things that Tampa Bay has to do right. I know I said a lot here, but that's because they have to do a lot of things right to win this game. And if they fail on any one of those, I'm afraid they don't have a chance. I agree. The Saints beat the Buccaneers the first two times they met this year. I believe if the Saints and the Buccaneers played again this week, same exact game just gets played over again, uh, the Saints win the game. I think the reason the Buccaneers ended up winning it is because Tom Brady doesn't make mistakes. Usually Drew Brees doesn't either, but Cook had a costly fumble. They have three picks, and the Buccaneers did what, what, you know, potential champions do. They scored and scored and scored and scored, and they didn't give the, uh, the Saints enough time to come back. If they don't play perfect football, the Packers aren't going to turn the ball over. Aaron Rodgers traditionally just, just does not make mistakes. If he does, it's one. They may have a fumble here and there, but he doesn't get sacked. He doesn't turn the ball over. Traditionally, the backs don't either. And I just think if it's a clean football game on either side, the Packers run them. The Buccaneers, you're right. They're going to have to make uh, big plays here. They're going to have to stop them. Devin White has quickly become one of my favorite players on defense. And, of course, we don't talk about defense in fantasy circles, but just as a football fan – Dude, he is just such a breath of fresh air, right? Like, oh, I watch yeah. a lot of Fred Warner as a 49er fan, um, Darius Leonard in uh, in Indianapolis. Some of these young uh, linebackers are so fun to watch. And really, if, if Devin White is able to create some havoc or, or maybe guard up Tunyon and take him away, uh, Rodgers could be in trouble if they get some pressure uh, with Ndamukong Sue and stuff. But again, man, the Rams, look, the Rams have a better overall defense than the Bucks. And honestly, the Packers just made them look silly a few times and um, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting game, but it's going to come down to who makes those mistakes. And I would venture to guess it won't be the Packers. Traditionally, they do have the home field advantage. Looks like snow is uh, in the forecast as well. It's obviously going to be below freezing. Um, Not saying that Tom Brady hasn't played in those kind of games up in New England by any means, but uh, it's going to be a very interesting situation with a Florida team going into that cold here this time of year not impossible but again they have to do everything perfect right but it's not impossible like if tampa bay comes out and win this game don't don't say nobody said it could be done it can be done it just has to be perfect football on all sides i know the commission boys are rooting for their boy tom brady it was a bittersweet leave from new england but uh, they certainly still uh are, are throwing homage to him. And um, look, I mean, if this was Jameis Winston's Buccaneers and they were this far and they get the win over the Packers, it would blow everybody's mind. Nobody, I'm not going to say nobody. You're right. Most people, I don't think at this point of the season with these teams, the way they're playing, blah, 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 give much of a chance to the Buccaneers just because of how loaded the Packers are currently. But if Brady gets the win, just like he did over the Saints, people are going to be like, man, I didn't see it coming, but it's Tom Brady. Right. I mean, if he gets the win, it's Tom Brady. You know what I mean? And then if they go on and beat the Bills or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But it's Tom Brady. Right. (laughs) So it wouldn't be shocking, but it would absolutely be surprising to me to see the Bucs overcome the Packers with what's going on and especially uh, with the Packers at home. Okay, man. Last breakdown here. The AFC championship game in the afternoon, the Bills and the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the uh, overall number one seed here. So. they will be the home team in the Super Bowl if they end up advancing next week. If not, it would be the Packers if they get the win uh, with the overall best record in the NFC. Uh, Bills coming in, again, uh, ugly game, but they got the ugly win over the Ravens. The Chiefs, same thing, lose Patrick Mahomes, but Chad Henney gets it done. They get an ugly win over the Browns in advance. Chiefs right now favored at home by just a field goal, which I think is surprising. And I don't know if that's because Patrick Mahomes is, you know, on the fence as far as his health, which we'll get into in a second, or if that's just what they expect for the game. And the over-under is uh, 53 and a half, so about a field goal more than the Bucks and Packers game. Again, this is a totally diff- different conversation if we find out tomorrow that Patrick Mahomes is just out for the game. Uh, but assuming he plays, let's take the Bills and the Chiefs at face value. 
Yeah, let's 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 assume. I mean, he's got like a nerve thing, which really led to the. It's a weird. I I tried to read the story about this concussion protocol he's going under and the uh, nerve related to it, but uh, it's it's up in the air right now. Let's pretend like he's playing. So you know, I told you that I expect Buffalo to bounce back on offense. I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I think that's going to happen. First off, okay. So against Baltimore, they they were four for thirteen on third downs. You can't beat Kansas City like that. But on the season, uh, Buffalo's third best, or they are the best team in the league, sorry, converting on third down, 49.7% of that. Um, And while Baltimore is second best at shutting down third downs, Kansas City's in the middle of the pack. So I think they bounce back there just fine. Shit, uh, they're 80% fucking successful on fourth down to lead the league as well. They They can get a couple yards when they need it. You know, they only scored on 20% of their their uh, possessions against Baltimore, but they're the second best scoring percentage team in the league. 49.4% of their possessions they've scored on. Again, Baltimore's third best in that statistical category defensively. Kansas City's in the middle of the pack. And uh, Baltimore or Buffalo had only 32 rushing yards. I know they don't run the ball a lot, but Kansas City is not a very good run defense relative to what Baltimore is, even though they've picked it up here in the second half of the season. So I think all those really key statistical categories, Buffalo bounces back pretty nicely. And I think their offense, um, when it's clicking, can hang with Kansas City's offense um, with Patrick Mahomes easier than a lot of teams can. It's a very efficient offense, very efficient scoring offense. So I think this is going to be really exciting uh, game for a lot of football fans. Like if you like defense, maybe don't tune into this one. Uh, <laughs> you might be frustrated by it, but uh, on Kansas city side, look, Buffalo is not a very, not very good up front defensively. Um, although they blitz eighth most in the league, they just don't have that many pressures. They don't have that many sacks. I think they'll blitz a lot less in this game as well, because it does not work to blitz Patrick Mahomes. He's amongst the least blitzed quarterbacks in the league because it just doesn't work against him. Um, it's too easy. He's he's too good at reading the holes in your defensive coverage when you're bringing extra guys. Uh, it, this is another one of these games where it's going to be a big, big play game. They're both big passing teams, third and fourth in the league in yards per pass play. So expect a lot of big plays. The ball's going to be flying all over the place. If you're a fan of average depth of target, that a dot stat, um, this is going to be your game. Really this comes to, okay. So the biggest thing for me in this game um, to determine who's going to win the game, it's, it's Travis Kelsey Buffalo all week. All Buffalo is going to do defensively is try to figure out how to stop Kelsey. Here's why. Kelsey is who he is. We know that. He's a fucking stud. He's an ama- He's the best tight end in the league right now. Um, he's impossible to stop, so forth and so on. But it, all of that gets compounded when you, when you realize that Buffalo has given up the second most receptions and the most yards to tight ends on the season. It, Kelsey may have a 250-yard game here if Buffalo can't figure something out to slow him down. I mean, they need to be hitting him on the line, put – bringing safeties 10 yards up um, to try to help hit him on the line, maybe even bracket him on the line with the strong. They'll do whatever they can to try to slow him down. That's, I think, to me, the key to this game. Both of these offenses can score. Um, if if Kelsey gets free run like, he sh- like the numbers say he should, it's Kansas City's game. If Baltimore finds a way to do something about him, they've got, a, I, think, I think, a real shot here. Travis Kelsey is pretty much unstoppable, but I hear what you're saying. They have gotten a lot better. The Bills have gotten a lot better since Matt Milano, their middle linebackers, come back. Um, I don't think it's something that you can shut them down. However, I will give the Bills – I'll give the Bills a little credit. Last week, Mark Andrews, who I think, you know, maybe Darren Waller is up there at this point. George Kittle has been out all season, so we're not going to throw him into this conversation. But it's pretty much Kittle – or sorry, Kelsey – and then Waller and or Mark Andrews at this point, this particular season. And Mark Andrews went four for 28 on 11 targets. Yeah. So some of that is Lamar Jackson being inaccurate. Some of that is Lamar Jackson leaving the game. But there were seven opportunities that Mark Andrews was targeted against the Bills defense and came they came up empty, right? So look, Travis Kelsey could accidentally have seven for – 80 and a touchdown Uh, and that would be like a great game for the bills defense um and they're going to need to have that kind of a stat line because you're right if he goes 
you know, eight to 12 catches because Tyreek Hill is going to get triple teamed um, and they bring pressure on Mahomes because, you know, look, the Chiefs and the Bills don't really have a run game. So th- this is just going to be a Madden game. They're just going to be chucking it and seeing who can outscore the last one. And it may just come down to the simple fact of like who gets the ball last. It might be one of those games, right? Like field goals is not going to win this one. Um, I expect it to be high scoring. And if we, we get into that, um, you're right. Travis Kelsey is going to be have to be held in check-ish as the key factor. But look, him being held in check is most guys' uh, career day. So we'll see what happens there. But very interesting games, obviously, with the Bucks and the Packers and the NFC matchup. And, of course, the um, Bills and the Chiefs. Cool storylines in this one, too, man. I mean, like, no matter what happens, um, you're going to have a seasoned veteran uh, coming, you know, two Hall of Famers already in um, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers coming out of the NFC. So no matter who wins that game, the NFC will be, you know, represented by either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, who are quickly becoming the kind of the, the top of the GOAT conversation overall and then in the uh, on the AFC you kind of have that new regime right Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes obviously gets the W last year uh, gets the ring gets the MVP and then you have uh, two years ago excuse me and then you have um, Josh Allen who frankly everybody uh, you know wrote him off two years ago people were laughing at the bills for drafting the guy in the first place and then it was kind of look he's he's literally last in every statistical passing category that Lamar Jackson isn't last in it's just not going to work and now all of a sudden, Josh Allen has a chance to shock the world, beat the defending champions if he does, and then prove his salt against two different Hall of Famers. So, man, as a football junkie for 25 years of my life, I am just so pumped for this weekend. The storylines, I hope that Patrick Mahomes is not only healthy enough to play, but like 100%. Because what you see sometimes is these guys come back from concussions and they get quote-unquote cleared, but you can tell they're still foggy. You know, and I just hope that Patrick Mahomes is 100% healthy, ready to go. Everybody else in these two games is is ready to go, and we get the best football from the best four teams left in the NFL this season. It's been a hell of a ride through COVID. It's been a hell of a ride through this entire season. We have two games left. I can't believe that, but I'm very, very, very excited. Dweez, before we get out of here, give me your quick predictions. We do have a running. We've been doing it all season. We have a playoff one going as well. Give me your just – Give me your picks for these two games. We'll start with the Bucks and the Packers. I think the Packers uh, end up taking this one. Um, I, I I can't give you a score on it, but I'll say the I'll say the Packers are going to take this one. The other side is is trickier for me. I have been going back and forth on who I thought was going to win this game for a couple of weeks. Right now, as it stands, I'm picking Buffalo. Love it. Love it. Now, um, does that have to do with Patrick Mahomes not being 100% or do you think even with Patrick Mahomes being 100%, Buffalo still has a chance? I think Buffalo has a chance. I think this offense is is better than, you know, people understand that it's a good offense, but I think people are still underestimating just how explosive a Josh Allen offense can be right now. I completely agree with you. I actually have the same exact picks. We have the Packers in the NFC. I just think that they're going to be too much. That defense is playing way above expectation. The last couple of weeks, they've seriously turned it around. Rodgers is going to be too much. But again, if Brady pulls this one out, am I going to be shocked? Absolutely not. But I do think the Packers get it done at home. And I I agree with you. I agree with you. If the Chiefs get the win, is anyone shocked? Absolutely not. Um, No one would bat an eye except for Buffalo fans. But I think the story and – the, 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 the Disney ending to this season is the Buffalo Bills winning this game. I think Josh Allen has it. Stephon Diggs is out of his mind right now. You know, Beasley and, and Gabriel Davis and, and uh, even uh, Isaiah McKenzie and some of these role player guys, Dawson Knox even, have been very underrated uh, amongst the, the rest of the NFL this year. And I just, uh, I don't know, man. I think it is a shock to world situation, but hopefully Patrick Mahomes is 100% healthy all right y'all episode 347 in the books once again please go check out the jersey jungle on instagram at the jersey jungle super clean crisp game worn jerseys like the ones we see on nfl fields on sundays go check them out again i just got that justin herbert baby blue chargers jersey fits perfectly looks fucking absolutely amazing i'm definitely going to be getting some more of those go check them out the football jerseys are 60 bucks 60 bucks. That's half of what they are on NFL.com. $60, the exact same jersey. 
Go check it out. Support a local homie trying to make it happen. These are not imported uh, waiting six months for some scam fucking site that we see all over the place. This is a real homie. I got my jersey two days after he said he sent me send it to me. Looks great. Came out of the package. Flawless. Super pumped on it. Mention TCK and get 10% off of one or two jerseys or 15% off of three plus. As Dweez said, if you want to start racking up some of these rookies, I'm a big T Higgins guy. Personally, I'm investing in T Higgins and dynasty. I'm investing in him probably with a Jersey as well. Cause I believe he's the truth for a long time in Cincinnati. Go check him out at the Jersey jungle for my man Dweez nuts on Twitter. All Z's no S's. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.